0: From the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. We're mass communicating. It's a bold strategy,
1: Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for (laughs) them.
0: This is the End of the Line Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I gave it
1: a 10! A A 10!
0: Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? And now... Here's your host, Rocky LaFleur. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Also starring, Josh Webb, Jake LaTondres, Rob Kroon, David Ellis, and Ramsey Russell. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Showtime, everybody! Showtime! Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky Lefort in the Duck House Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. I mean, today the callmaker he's finally back in town, Josh Raggio.
1: Josh, did you
0: recognize you?
1: <laughs> they did, but I'll tell you, being gone two and a half weeks, to quite a few different places, a lot of those. uh, a lot of my friends that I don't, that I really only see once a year or so, twice a year, they didn't. I don't know if you've noticed, but I, I had to shave the beard for a fire department training thing that I, that I went through. And I've dropped about, I think I've dropped about 30 pounds or so. And so I had guys literally just walk straight by me, look me dead in the eyes, did not recognize me. <laughs> but my kids did when I got home, thankfully. <laughs> Oh uh, but yeah man it's been a i'm glad to be home. I tell you that it was a that's a long time for me personally to be away you know just to be away from my home shop and and the house and the family and all that but't
0: gotten a Ann hadn't gotten a pool boy has she <laughs>
1: <laughs> she hadn't told me about him if she has. <laughs>
0: So you were at the World <laughs> Series,
1: though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, – that one wasn't planned. That was kind of spur of the moment. So, well, I guess I'll tell you – just kind of tell you where I've been. How about that? And then I'll, the World Series was all going to be a part of it. So this whole thing got kicked off, I guess, you know, a month or so ago at Dallas. And I had another couple of little trips. But, uh, the you know, the real, like, two and a half weeks, I left on a Thursday, headed out to Real Foot. To the Duck Call Show up there, pulling the mobile shop and that's just my that was last year was my first time to go, and it was just so much fun to get to meet all the all these call makers that you you see and you talk to on Facebook and social media and you know on the phone and stuff, and to finally get to meet those guys and shake their hands was was just such a it was just a really cool experience last year, and so I hope to go every year. So that was uh left on Thursday, turn calls, uh, you know Friday, Saturday all day long and then uh, I left Sunday and drove to Nashville we had a uh, had an event uh, at Binks there on Monday and uh, uh, Nick and the guys at Apex were gracious enough to have me up there and and Binks welcomed me with open arms at the mobile shop and you know lots of good things going on that day had a had a great time again you know made calls from Canada Cain and and I left there, and I had to go just south of Nashville for a little one-night event, and then uh, came home. I think I got home Wednesday night. I was home for a day. I think I was home for a day or two, and uh, my wife's birthday was that weekend, so we actually took a little trip to New Orleans for a few days just to get away. And when I was in New Orleans, uh, my buddy Troy Snicker, who's the hitting coach for the Astros, called and said, "Hey, I got a, I got a ticket." For game two, if you want to come, and that I said, Man, <laughs> I can't turn that down. <laughs> and so no. I go,
0: yes. Yeah, I got home.
1: <laughs> what movie was got that? Home. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that. Go ahead. One. Usually, I'm pretty quick all those. So, get home Tuesday night, uh, had to get a, a, a call made that night. Um, kinda of spur of the moment deal. And I pulled out Wednesday morning super early to drive to Houston uh to the World Series and on the way I was kinda of trying to figure out where I was gonna park and you know all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm a detailed guy like that. Like I worry more about where I'm gonna park than I do, you know, getting into the game and all that. But, so he calls me on the way he says, Hey man, I got a uh I got a parking pass, you know, VIP kind of deal, you know, at the stadium and the players players deal So, this is kind of funny. So, he gives me the address, and it's literally under the stadium. And there's a guard shack there, dog, you know, guys with dogs and all this. And I pull in, and apparently I pulled in the wrong spot. And all of a sudden, I was going to stop at the guard shack, you know, I wasn't going to bust through. But all of a sudden, all these cops and all start yelling, Stop, 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 you know. And I'm like, Holy crap. And I'm throwing my hands up in the air. And it was kind of a little, kind of a little, uh, half circle thing you're supposed to pull in and I pulled in the second little entrance. Well that little half circle has, you know, cameras and stuff in the ground so they can look up under your truck and so I stop and like, What are you doing? What you know, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here and it's like, hey hold on, you know, I got a you know Coach Snicker left me a ticket, a pass, parking pass and all this and so finally they figured out that it was legit that I was actually supposed to be there. And, you know, (laughs) cut your cut your truck off and all this and I did and you know dogs start walking around my truck sniffing and so uh that was kind of a it wasn't a great way to start <laughs> I said Lord I'm I'm gonna get myself kicked out of here and Troy in trouble before I even get in the game but so yeah and then uh you know went 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 to the game me and uh my buddy Sherwood Coletti and it was man, it was so cool just like I was telling Troy I, it's once in a lifetime and he said I hope it's not once in a lifetime I said yeah that's true, me neither. We stayed at his apartment, you know, stayed up real late talking about baseball and hunting, and um, I just had a great time. Then I left there and went to my buddy, uh, another callmaker, one of my really good friends, Scott Rose Place, about three hours north in uh, Crawford, Texas. And I stayed there four days, and, and we turned calls and just had a good visit. And, and I came home. So I've been home for a week or so.
0: Just a guess. What what is a just an average ticket to the one World Series game cost?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think probably depending on where they are and where your seats are and all, probably between you know seven eight hundred bucks and you probably spend I don't know five or ten thousand on some crazy seats. I I really don't know.
0: It was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to get into what what. Yours are worth anything like that. I'm just saying because that, you know, that's a kind of a bucket list. Going to a World Series game or a Super Bowl, it, it would be really cool to be a part of of that of the Super yeah. Bowl or one of the World Series games. I mean, that had to be a just a, a stop, take it all kind of in
1: moment. It really was. And I said, t- so Troy's dad is the head coach for the Braves. And of course, you know, he was there. He and his mom, uh, you know, his dad and his mom supporting him. And so, you know, we got to, to visit with him for a long time and, and go down in the tunnel and, uh, you know, wait for, for Troy to get done. And, um, you know, I got to go out on the field after, after the game when the, the stadium was pretty much cleared out, you know, and take some pictures and just kind of, I mean, it was, it was, I mean that's just stuff you can't. I won't ever forget. You know, I can, I'll I'll tell my son about that. Thirty years from now, and uh, you know, hopefully, they'll take him uh, for too long. But yeah, it's a bucket list, once in a lifetime thing. It was special. You know, I can't thank him enough for that. It was special.
0: Man, the the mattress king. Everybody's talking about the mattress king. That. <laughs> You know, I didn't know this, but he came out on the better end of that deal because if if the Astros would have – he was just kind of um, – he had – can't remember the discount, but it was going to cost him $20 million if the Astros won because mm-hmm. of the discounts promised promise to customers.
1: Yep. So and he must saw him.
0: sell a lot of mattresses.
1: He must, obviously. Uh and I'm sure I mean I'm sure he had an insurance policy on it, but um he came down where we were sitting, we had really good seats, and he was he was kind of down there and it was funny because I didn't know who the heck he was and I didn't know what was going on, but I see this old guy just walking down the aisle and everybody that he walks by is stopping him to take a picture with him. And so I turned around to we were sitting next to the uh, the family of one of the catchers. And they they come to a lot of games, and, and obviously, and keep up with stuff. And I said, hey, who who is that guy? You know, I mean, he just has on a T-shirt, some khakis. And I said, oh, that's, that's the mattress guy. And I said, well, I, I don't know the mattress guy. And they told me the story behind it. He's He is wildly popular in Houston because of what he does. I mean, it's just, you know, I think last year, was it last year? He lost a bunch of money, or, or I think he lost five or ten million on the deal last or uh, last World Series or something. Um, yeah, and you know, did it again this year. He's famous.
0: Five he is famous. million is what he bet on yeah. the Astros. Mm-hmm. He was he was hedging his bet. Like I said, he had given twenty million dollars in uh, if the Astros win, you get um, a. Certain rebate, I guess,
1: back. Yes, yeah, so if you if you had spent three thousand dollars or more on a mattress, you got a you either got your money back or fifty percent of it. I can't remember exactly what it was. So if you do the math on that, he's sold a bunch of mattresses over three thousand. Yeah, he
0: he really came out on the better end of the deal with the Astros losing.
1: He he did, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah.
0: The Astros loss cost him five million, not twenty.
1: It's <laughs> crazy. You're crazy. So, but yeah. So anyway, that was my trip. it was good. It was fun. That's
0: really great.
1: It was exhausting. But it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And since I've gotten back, you know, we've had. I think I've had five or six people come to the shop and and <clears throat> and get calls made. You know, a couple from Arkansas and Tennessee. Uh, A couple fairly local, you know, Mississippi guys drive two, two and a half hours. So we're still rocking and rolling. I didn't get home and chill. that's for sure. Still rolling.
0: I want to ask you something, because this is kind of where we are in the story. The mobile shop, it has become a huge, huge part of your life and your business. Let's talk about the story behind that. Where that idea okay. came from, and how wildly popular it's become.
1: Well, it was not my idea. It was my sister's idea. We were at we were having we were somewhere having drinks or something one night. She was talking about kind of just traveling the country. Just a, she's a free spirit, and she said, "You know, you ought to." Somehow make a shop that you could just travel around and make duck calls in just to just to get away sometimes and do you know see some things and do some different things. I said you know that is that is a great idea. And so I started. <clears throat> I really I couldn't sleep that night because it I, the idea was that good. And so I'm trying to put it all together in my head that night as to what it's going to look like. How do I do this? You know what all am I going to need? Obviously, a trailer was the first thing, and so I went the next day uh, to a couple of trailer places and really fully prepared to have to customize, you know, a trailer. And they had this one place had one used trailer on the lot, and it already had an AC heat unit on it, and it had a 30-amp, you know, electrical system. The guy had bought it as a—he was going to make a camper out of it, kind of pull-behind camper— Never did anything with it, traded in on something else. And I said, well, this is it. This is, this is what I, exactly what I need. And so I, I bought it that day and, you know, then I had to do the build out in it. And so, you know, I had to build benches and then order, you know, new tools, uh, you know, kind of two of everything and, uh, you know, got it, got a, got it wrapped. You know, I wanted it to be very classy looking, you know, nothing flashy, but, but I knew what I wanted to do with it and and kind of uh, it needed to fit my brand. And so the wrap, you know, really brought it all together from the outside. Um, You know, my buddy Brian Sikriska and Brandon did that. He designed it. I sent him a few pictures. First go, he sends me a proof and it was just perfect. So we got that done. And then it was, you know, it was, it was uh, that was February. I think I, I launched it in July. So, you know, it was a, or six month process to put it all together. And to try to keep it under wraps while I was building it was was tough too, Cause I mean it's sitting out in my driveway, you know, and people are driving by going, What in the world is that? you know so, you know it was a it was a six month project, but when I released it the the feedback I got was, was pretty instant and got, you know, clubs and and uh different uh you know venues and events started booking it and it it took off. Pretty quickly last year, and um, you know, still, still going pretty strong. Um, I could probably go somewhere in it every weekend if I wanted to, uh, but you know, I got to scale it back a little bit uh, just to work in, in, in my home shop. But man, the places it's taken me, the people I've gotten to meet—it's it's it's, just, it's been a it's been a really cool thing.
0: I was trying to look at see where while you were talking about it where you posted that first picture where you kind of leaning against the trailer when yeah. that was
1: i think that was in july of last year i'm not mistaken <clears throat> so we're, I we're a year, it, i thought it was a few months into it
0: man i i remember when i first heard about it i said wow it's
1: a really <clears> really
0: <throat> great idea
1: well, it's, it's turned out to be, you know, it's a, uh, from a personal call maker side uh, standpoint from it, I really had to ask myself, am I okay, you know, turning calls in front of people, you know, while they're sitting there waiting? Um, that's, that's not something that's really easy to do. It wasn't wasn't at first. It's a little bit nerve wracking or it was, you know, because um, I I wasn't real sure, you know, am I gonna have one guy in here and, you know, he's gonna be you know, he'll come out and pick pick the wood he wants me to use and he's gonna grab him a drink and sit down and chill and you know, we're just gonna talk and he's gonna ask questions and kinda just get to watch his call get made. I didn't really think about being at certain places and having ten people in there and two photographers. And, you know, people all on the outside and kind of the buzz going on around it. And, uh, that creates a little different atmosphere. Uh, I love it and I, and I'm used to it now and, you know, I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it, but it is, it's exhausting, um, uh, because you're, you're on your game. You have to be a hundred percent focused, but you're also having to, you know, talk and, you know, enjoy, uh you know, what what you're doing out there, and everybody that's in there, uh, because that's why I did it, and so, you know, that was a little scary at first, but now it's, uh, you know, it's second nature, Uh, we put as many people that'll fit in that thing, and and we'll still turn a duck call, (laughs) so it's fun.
0: What what do you hear from other call makers about the call shop, not the call shop, but the mobile call making Uh, shop?
1: It's been very well received. You know, it's uh, a lot of positive comments. Um, you know, some guys, like, like we've talked about before, um, you know, it's, it wouldn't be for everybody because not everybody wants to turn calls in front of people. I mean, there's right. things that can go wrong that are out of our control. You know, you're working with wood, and it's, you know, some things you just can't control. Fortunately, I've, you know, it's, it's gone. Haven't had anything catastrophic happen in there, uh, as far as just a you know piece of wood blowing up or something like that. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's been it's been very well received. I've, I, you know, all the guys at Real Foot come in and check it out and hang out. It's fun because they'll they're all giving me grief behind, you know, standing behind me watching me do something, and like, I can't believe you do it like that. Do this or that, you know. They poke at me, but it's fun. It's fun. It's solid good measure.
0: I mean just being able to take your office wherever you go, being able to yeah. like I said, if you have never been to Regios or any other callmaker shop and become a part of that process, you, you won't understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, you probably just say, oh, it's a neat idea. But being able to take that mm-hmm. on the road and it's really just absolute genius idea and for people to be a part of that i'm telling you it's almost like your soul becomes part of that call as you go through that process with josh
1: Uh, yeah i hope so i hope so we did something really cool. You know, what it, what it's allowed me to do is, is when we went to real foot this year, uh, me and two other call makers had discussed this back in the spring where I would turn a call in the mobile shop. Uh, one guy, uh, Waylon Thompson, he is just a phenomenal, he, he checkers, you know, hand checkers like you see on gun stocks and things like that. Uh, he does all that by hand still. And, uh, Brad samples is a, he he's a just a heck of a carver, and he carves uh, bands on a lot of his calls. And actually, he made he made my wedding band. Uh, you know, it's got feathers carved in it and things like that. And so we decided, all right, we're all going to be at real foot. Let's do something super special here that you know it's very difficult to do because you know one lives you know in South Carolina and one lives in Arkansas. And, you know, we're all spread out as call makers. We it's just the way it is. And so that's what we did. You know, I turned the call and I turned the barrel and I handed it to Waylon, and Waylon sat down and he started his you know his checkering process. And and while he's doing that, I'm you know turning the insert. And you know Waylon gets done and hands it to Brad, and Brad carves the carves the band on it. And so I posted a picture of that call on my Instagram. Uh, it kind of has all three of our hands with the tools that we use and you know uh, in the picture. And so that was that was a first. That was something that was really neat to do and if i didn't have that mobile shop you know that, that that's something that you know obviously we probably would have never been able to do because we just can't all get together at the same time same place at a shop uh, so it's, it's little things like that that are that are starting to happen that are also really really neat within the call maker's world itself you know yeah, i'm sitting here looking at it right now yeah it's
0: that checkered process I, I i'm not into great detail with you explaining that, but that, that is, man.
1: It's miserable. I quit doing it. Yeah. I did. It, wow. I just, you know, what I do is meticulous already. And, and that, I, I just don't, I don't enjoy it. You know, I've done 15 or 20, but I just don't, it's not something I enjoy doing. Waylon absolutely loves it. That sucker would check her anything and everything all day. It's it just, <laughs> Is not for me. <laughs> not for me. All
0: right, let's talk about but, the second part of this where we are today. Uh, uh, Filson. I know yeah. that uh, I can't remember where. Well, I guess I was at the shop having a call made for Duck South when the kind of the first announcement that you and Filson. Teaming up together, mm-hmm. in a, in, can can you talk about that for a few minutes?
1: Yeah, so that that came to but that started with an Instagram message from their creative director. Out of the blue, one day, I, I got a message uh, from her uh, saying, you know, who she was, and and uh, was asking if if I'd be interested in, in possibly doing you know some duck calls for them. And by the way, you know we're the name of the company is Philson. Not sure if you've heard of us before. We're out of Seattle, and you know, you know. I've heard of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 122 years they never carried a duck call, and so um, we start going through the just back and forth process of you know how this is going to work, and you know obviously they're a fairly large company, so there's legalities of it, you know paperwork, and uh, but after it was about nine or 10 months. Like we, we, we got it nailed down and, and did the first batch of, it was kind of, I don't want to call it a test run. It was a test of the waters kind of deal. They didn't have a clue how a duck call would sell and they'd never done it before. And, you know, so we only did 12 and you know, they sold in, you know, 30 minutes or an hour. It was pretty crazy. It, it, you know, it it was a good thing uh, for, for both companies. And, uh, so then we we up the the next batch uh so we've done four batches so far, and uh you know they're they're branded you know Raggio, they're they're my calls in my box uh they send us the material the tent cloth or shelter cloth uh, my 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 mother' you know sews the call bags out of that uh, the you know Filson material um you know they're they're for Filson and they've been uh try to do each batch a little differently. And number them, uh, you know, as far as like which batch, you know, number the batch. And so it's it just it's been it's been a pretty amazing process to watch. Uh, Just to be you know partnered and and and, uh, affiliated with a company like Philson is is. uh, I mean, if you had told me that six years ago, I said you're crazy, and something like that won't ever happen. Um, But it has, and uh, you know, it's going to continue for a little while and um yeah so that's kind of how that and 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 what's crazy is you know when they when we release them you know it's 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 only a couple of hours and and they sell out of them and and so it's really really fun to, to watch that process happen
0: so they've got you going to different stores all over the u.s right
1: yeah, last year uh, and they have they have what's called a Sportsman's Expo every year at at a store, one of their stores across the oh, country. Okay. Yeah, and so uh, last year it was in Seattle. This year it was in uh, at their store in Manhattan, and um, yeah, you know, yeah, that that trip also was not too long ago. You know, and I, I get to go and and talk about what I do and my process, and and uh, you know have a few calls set out. Usually, that's when they release them, and so we'll have some there for people that come in. Uh, you know want to purchase one and, and the next day then they go you know online or or by phone however they're gonna sell them that batch and so yeah it's it's been really neat they uh you know they gave me a full page uh, in the last uh, catalog that came out um, which again just just a kind of you gotta paint yourself moment you know see yourself in the filson catalog it's it was it was it was amazing you you remember my reaction when you were in the shop when we kind of got that first, when I got that first confirmation. I do. And it it was, it was was emotional. You know, it it was a big deal. It was a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. I had to sit down. You know, we were in the middle of making that traveling call and it just, it was such a, such a cool thing to happen. Um, that I just never would have expected. And so here we are, you know, talking about next year and what we're going to do, you know, for some calls next year.
0: In the short term, in the short term, one to three years, mm-hmm. where do you see ratio calls? I don't think that you, three years ago, you would ever imagine that, it would have taken you to the World Series, to built some stores around the New York. So,
1: yeah.
0: So I, it's probably hard for you to even think about where it's going to be in the short term, because things are happening. You know, as you look at at it from a the grand scale or the grand scheme, a lot of these things have happened in a short period of time for you yeah Mm -hmm. what do you hope what do you hope um is in store for ratio calls in the next few years
1: Hmm. well i mean i i'm a goal setter you know and and so i have certain goals that are associated with with the business but from a you know I I still I mean it's still so early on rocky like you know it's it's only been full time you know a year and a half it seems like a lot longer than that so so I have to keep that in mind you know it's I was talking to Harrison the other day about this like it it's very difficult as a one man show to to grow a lot you know because I'm I'm uh, I can only make so many duck calls, you know. So, when I look at that and and look at where I've I've been the past you know year year and a half, you know I hope right now to just continue on the path that I'm on, and you know cont- continue to work towards uh, you know opening the books. Right now, like that's a that's a big deal for me uh, to get to the point where I can open the books and take more orders. Um, because I get so many requests, and and I have to say no so much, just simply because I can only I, I can only do so much as as you know one person one one guy that's making duck calls, and so that's always a goal is to get to that point where I can open up the books again to get calls into other guys' hands that have been asking me for you know a year or two. Um, with all the things that have happened in the past few years. You know, I, I hope and, and uh, I hope some really neat things pop up that I don't see coming, you know, just like Filson did and, and some of the other things that have happened, uh, you know, some of the films and, and some things like that. Uh, you, you know, my, my, you know, sometimes my, my challenges are because it's such a slow process of making calls and getting them out there is, you know, don't. Don't crawl off in a hole and just make calls and get forgotten about. You know, you, you got to continue to push the envelope with ideas uh, to grow. Um, I mean, it's just stay relevant, I guess. So, you know, one year from now, I, I hope we're probably having the same conversation that, you know, I'm cranking them out as fast as I possibly can. Still doing mobile shop events, still giving people that experience of watching a call get made and, and creating a story behind it. Um, just two more people uh, than I than I can right now. What do you see? I mean, I want to ask you, like, what what do you see from the outside looking in?
0: I'm a long term looking into the future, and I'll never I'll never forget standing in the lobby, and that's not much. That's where all of your displays are, and all the calls that you've collected over the years, and. Uh. I remember sitting there thinking, I was rolling that number two. To me, I, th- I think it's the number two. Is that the one that's hanging on the nail right when you walk in? The mm-hmm. One that sounds so good. It's got a crack in it. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I remember sitting there blowing that call. It, 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 it really, really sounded good because, um, I was thinking to myself, as looking at all of those calls that you've collected over all the um, all of your years, and I was thinking about it from a long term perspective. I know how people are about collectors um, calls now, and you know fifty years from now that'll put you at uh eighty or ninety, somewhere in there.
1: Yeah. Eighty eight.
0: Yeah. I think that there's no telling what a radio call will be worth one day. I told you that day. I said, "Man, if I had a million dollars, I'd buy every one that called came off your machine <laughs> because there is no telling what the value would be thirty, forty years from now."
1: Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, you know. And you don't
0: think like that. I remember you getting—you uh, didn't even care to talk about that that day. Yeah. That 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 kind of thought hadn't really well it crossed your mind, but you didn't want to talk about it. You don't think yeah. about your call making in that perspective.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. I mean there's um Yeah, it's it's well I mean it's something that's that's really totally out of my control, first of all. So there's really no sense in you know, for me, wasting, you know, energy on something like that, uh, what is in my, my control is, is, is obviously, you know, quality and continue to, to put out a, a good product and, uh, you know, and if that makes, makes them more valuable, I I can, I can't control that. Uh, and so that's what I devote my, my thoughts and energy to, but yeah, you know, I mean, it'd be, it'd be great if, if, you know, in fifty years, that something you know they were looked at and valued that way. Um, you know, but it, it, you're right. It's it's not something that I, by any means, really focus on right now. I and mean, it's it doesn't really cross my mind.
0: I got a question for you outside of the calls, Josh Thanks. Reggio, because this is your story. Mm-hmm. When you're gone, people come up and say, "Man, I knew your dad." To your children, what do you hope they say about you? What is your personal goals? Oh gosh, that's deep, Rocky. hope. Can... <laughs> we think oh, no. about it, it. Think you know on those long rides, we think about and what do we want people to say about us? How do they? How do we want to be remembered?
1: Oh man, I think it's... Hmm,
0: what do you hope people see in you today that they'll remember you by fifty years from now?
1: Well, probably all those values that we talked about early on. You know, just uh, kind of like Jake said and you said a, a couple episodes ago. You know, I mean, don't we all want our <laughs> want our funeral to be to be packed I mean if, if that's the case didn't we leave a a legacy or impression on, on people that was positive um I mean I, certainly that's what I would hope for myself uh would happen you know you know what they say you know what's what's my legacy I, you know, I don't know just a just a just a good guy that treated people right and fair and you know had a kind heart and did everything he could for his family and friends and everybody else when he was here. I guess I'd be, that'd be the ultimate compliment uh, when it's all said and done. Um yeah.
0: it has been a lot of fun following this story because of who the Raggio family is to the waterfowling community a lot of people just (laughs) click follow on instagram or or facebook because of don't, don't be mad at me because of the uh what you've done is so cool but there's a lot of good people behind kind of that Cool, brand. Yeah, uh, and I, and I, I, a lot of between you and your dad and your your whole family. Like I said, I I told the story and it didn't mean much to anybody. You know, talk about your you and your dad and your dad showing up that day when we were. I'll I'll never forget that. That's just who the Raggio family. That's who they are.
1: Thank you. That's just that means a lot to me and my family to to hear someone say that. So. People
0: people are important, and I think at the end of the day, it goes back to what you just said—the legacy that we leave behind and the number of people. Sometimes that's not always a good case because some people may just may be there to make sure you're getting buried in the the worst cases, but in the good cases, we. I know it's a goal of mine. Have as many people as we can at our funeral and smiling, laughing, joking, telling yeah. stories. Yeah. <clears throat> that is no. There's no family out there that that's the case for in the ratios.
1: Um. Thank you. Thank you. So that's uh. It's been fun, Rocky. It's been fine. I look man. I look, for, man, I look forward to where story. this is going.
0: Like I said, it's always some surprise with you popping up, just like the <laughs> World Series. I mean that that oh, was man. really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it, you know, the thing is, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't get here by myself. There's, there's been a lot of folks that have helped and, and uh, you know, encouraged and, and you know, just. The good friends I've met through this whole thing, um, you know, I got these opportunities pop up, and uh, you know, it, it's a it's a one man show in the shop, but it's definitely not a one man show, you know, to get to this point where I am, and and hopefully, you know, we'll continue to to grow and 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 do even better things in the future. So, gotta keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's gonna be fun to keep following over the short and long term.
1: Yeah. What happens. And people will.
0: Yeah. Uh we
1: check in every now and then and see what's going on.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> By far. This is not your last <laughs> appearance on the end of the line podcast. But opportunity. Oh yeah. Yeah. I hope it I hope your this story uh reach out because it'll be there for a long time. A lot of people get to hear it. So, yeah, yeah. I've enjoyed it, Josh. I enjoyed our friendship, but thank you again. Thank you again for being willing to come on here and tell your story. A lot people have a hard time telling their own story.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was one of them. This is, a, this is a first for me. So, thanks for giving the platform. It's awesome. And pushing, you know, and asking. Oh man, like it's uh, it's been fun.
0: We had a lot of fun, you know. Jake joined us for a couple. If you go back and listen to these, you're just this is the first one you're listening to. If you want to go back and listen to the couple with Brooks, and you want to go back and listen to the <laughs> the couple with Jake. Man, they they have been the some yeah, <laughs> <valuable>. <laughs> Yeah, good. and Edward. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you want a good laugh? You
0: know, you know, I had tons of people talking about that last one that Brooks was on, talking about the old hunting stories.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 We were reminiscing again last night about some other old stories. <laughs> it seems like they just keep popping up, We ones we forgot about. Then we were laughing over text messages last night, like a bunch of girls. <laughs> uh,
0: I, told, I told Brooks I want to come up and just stand behind y'all with a – i don't care about shooting i don't care about shooting anything i just want to come stand behind y'all with the camera two or three or four because y'all all y'all are really close but just capture that group on camera that'd be
1: pretty cool well i'd say he said come on whenever
0: i just want to know when y'all are all going to be there together
1: Okay, we we make that happen. We make that happen. All
0: right, Josh. Well, look, have a have a good rest of the day, and we'll we'll talk again soon. Thank you again for being here. We want to thank all of you that listen to this edition of the End of the Line podcast. Power by DuckSouth.com.